God, right? We talked about that. Anybody remember what else? How we grow? How do we increase our trust? How does our faith and trust grow? We ask for it, right? Are we on the deeds now? Oh, yeah, we're getting there. Yes! <laughs> and then we can't separate reading and studying the Word of God, but we talked about how could Israel, he talks about it in Romans, I mean, they heard it, but they didn't, their trust and belief didn't increase, and we went through that in Romans. And now we're on the difficulties. There's five Ds. We looked into the life of Abraham. We're still on the life of Abraham, and how God will increase our trust. So tell Pastor Jeff how God, what are these Ds that we found in Abraham's life that he works the exact same way in our life, in regards to allowing these into our life to grow us up, to increase our trust. You guys remember the deep? Difficulties, divine uh, uh, delays, delays, decisions, Good. Demands. demands, the demands and commands. Get up and leave, go, right? Stretches our, tr our trust, our faith. Divine delays, he waited and waited, right? For the promise. What else did you guys say? Decisions. Decisions. What do we use for decisions? Right, which which land should I take? He lets Lot choose. What did you say? Distractions. distractions. What was the ultimate distraction? Hagar. Hagar, right. Exactly. So what, women. <laughs> women. <laughs> women. Yeah. So but we went back to the main why God allows these into our life. What is the main big picture? What is God doing in all of this? He's revealing himself to us and, For and drawing us close to him. Giving us opportunity to have a relationship with him. Fantastic. Good students. Excellent students. Hear that, Pastor Jeff? Yeah. So, <laughs> these are great students. I took notes. Mine was a D as well. The same. Yeah, that's right. right. He, got, he got extra points. So we said, remember the big picture, the goal, the main purpose in life is a deep, abiding, intimate walk with Jesus Christ, right? To get to know him, to love him, it's this relationship he's after. And God loves us enough to throw these D's into our life to get rid of anything that's hindering that relationship. So, and then we said, it's out of this relationship that everything else in life flows. In his time, not ours. And his time and not ours. Absolutely. So the peace, the contentment, the power to live a godly life comes out of this relationship. Many times as Christians we get it reversed. I want to go out and serve the Lord. I want to do work for the Lord. But we're missing. It's the relationship first. I need to live a godly life so I try and try and try and I struggle. And we realize it's out of the fruit of the Holy Spirit, this abiding relationship, that a godly life comes. So we cannot separate our work for the Lord, our life for the Lord, our character, our conduct. As much as we want to be godly and holy, we cannot separate it from our walk, this intimate, deep, abiding walk with Christ, because it's out of that that everything else will flow. And I said knowing his character intimately will make his promises much more powerful in our life. So the more we know him, the more his promises will take power, have power in our life. All right, so that's the big picture. Now we're going to do a little reviewing. We reviewed the D's. 
what he's doing with them, removing any hindrances. We must be prepared. We said they are coming. We're probably in one of these Ds. So we must be prepared. And we, we looked a little bit into Matthew 7 that said, hey, when the storms come, right, the rains fall, the winds blow, what's going to happen to our foundation? We said we must obey what he's telling us. All right, you hear these words and put them into practice. Then we're going to have the strong foundation to grow and prosper from these difficulties that he's allowed in our life. All right, this is still review now. We talked about how do we handle. So how do we handle when the difficulties come into our life? How do we handle them? And we said one, and we, we had scriptures to go along with this. Recognize this is critical to handling every adversity in your life. Who has allowed it? Who's allowed these adversities? Lord. Right. And we said, is that true 100% of the time? Even the most terrible disaster, is that true? Why can we say that? Because he's sovereign. Right. He's sovereign over every second, every detail of our life. So one, if, how are we going to deal with these difficulties? We have to recognize that God's allowed it. Okay, 100% of the time. Number two, recognize what God is doing. He's getting our attention, right? If we're going to learn something, he's got to get our attention so he's teaching us something about himself or about ourselves through the difficulty. There's a purpose behind it, right? We know that. And it's always a good purpose. They must, these must drive us. Anything that can drive us to the Lord is good. Even difficulties, hardships, gets us on our knees. We're crawling out to God. Then the third thing we said is it makes us analyze. We said, is it good to examine our life? There's a caution there. Sometimes we can get so focused in and on ourselves, but we're analyzing our life in the midst of the Word of God and the Holy Spirit. Okay, so we recognize that God wants to examine or analyze our ways. From 2 Corinthians 13.5. Gives us the motivation to take a deeper look at ourselves, these adversities, and go beyond the surface, right? The surface of who we're supposed to be and what we're supposed to be at church. Go beyond the surface of what we really believe about God and believe about ourselves. So we analyze, and again, we be careful how to do this. We went to Deuteronomy 13, 1 through 5. Does anybody want to read that? Remember, this is a practical. I'm going to analyze my life. God, you've allowed this into my life. You've got my attention. What are you trying to teach me? What are some questions that we ask? Because we saw how the Israelites were tested in Deuteronomy 13. Anybody have that? What verse? 13, 1 through 5, I believe. If there arises among you a prophet or a general of dreams, and he gives you a sign or a wonder, and the sign or the wonder comes to pass, of which he spoke to you, saying, Let us go after other gods which you have not known, and let us serve them. You shall not listen to the words of that prophet or that dreamer of dreams for the Lord your God is testing you to know whether you love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul you shall walk after the Lord your God and fear him and keep his commandments and obey his voice you shall serve him and hold fast to him but that prophet or that dreamer of dreams shall be put to death because he has spoken in order to turn away turn you away from the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt 
and redeemed you from the house of bondage to entice you from the way of uh, from the way in which the Lord your God commanded you to walk so you shall put away the evil from your midst right so here are some questions God was testing the Israelites and we went through what we can say when we're in the midst of these difficulties who are you following right the Lord's testing you to find out whether you love him or not, is it the Lord? It is the Lord your God. You must follow. So the one question: Who am I following? I'm in this difficulty, this adversity. Who am I following? Lord. Amen. That's also a reminder that that's the will of our. You know, we're always, we're always asking God, "What's the will that you want in my life?" Well, it's right there in verse three: to love the Lord your God with all of your heart, soul, and mind. Right. Absolutely. It's quite simple, isn't it? We can make it very difficult, but that is His will. Um, all right, so we ask, who are we following? Number two, who are we fearing? Who are we revering, right? It is the Lord your God you must follow, and Him you must fear. Who am I fearing? Who am I revering? Again, when we're in the midst of these, this is just some practical ways when you sit down in the Scripture and say, God, what are you trying to teach me? Why am I going through this? Why have you allowed it? You've got my full attention. We ask these questions in light of the, the word of God. Are you keeping his commands and obeying him? Is there any area of your life that the Lord's trying to get to correct? Correct some belief that is not right. Some belief about yourself. Then we say, who are you serving? It's the Lord God we must serve. Am I serving myself? Am I doing this for me so that I have more of the world? So that I can become the top dog? Why am I doing this? Who am I serving? And then who are you depending on? Who are you holding fast to? Where is my dependence? These are some ways that he was looking at the Israelites, but he looks into our heart through these questions. Again, this is a review. We're moving quickly through this review. But finally, and this is a step that I think a lot of us can't get beyond. All right. We have to be willing, acceptant. This is not our last A here. Acceptant to change our belief or behavior. So when the Lord surfaces this, we're going through the difficulty. We must be willing to change. Sometimes it's frightening, or we can be fearful when we go before the Lord and say, here's my heart. Remember we talked about what intimacy with God is? We're unwrapping everything and saying, God, here I am. You have all of me. You have the right to every area of my life, every possession. It's yours. And it can be scary, but we know the love of God, the love of Jesus, gently brings up what needs to be changed for our good. So we become, an, we become aware of an area in our life that is not in line with God's will for us or who we are in Him. That's what He'll bring up. We, we accept it. We must be willing to change. We say, I can't change. I just can't change. There's no way. You don't know what's happened to me. You don't know how deep I'm in this. I can't change. Good. We can't change. We can never change this flesh. Who does the change? Right, it's the Holy Spirit within us that makes the change. He bears the fruit. We know, we read, we go back to John 15, 5 all the time. I can do nothing apart from the Lord. That's the Lord's words. Right? But you abide in me and I'll change you. And I will bear fruit in you and through you. The fruit of a godly life, the fruit of freedom from the past, the forgiveness, things that we never thought we could do. There's no way I could love that person. That's right, you can't. The Holy Spirit through you can love that person. But we must be willing 
to accept that change. Sometimes we just hold on to these things and they become our life. I just hold on to this, this anger, this bitterness, and it's what fuels me. But anything that's hindering our relationship, God's going to target it. Say, this isn't who you are. We must deal with it. So you must be willing to make the change. Jesus will help you. He will make the change if you let him. All right? So, all review. Are you guys willing? Are you willing to let the Lord surface? Because we can get busy and do a lot of things. We can work for the Lord. We can tithe our income. We can do everything. But when it goes right to the heart, are we willing to let him make the change? That's where the growth, the growth occurs. That's where the intimacy deepens. Yes. Right. I think we, we keep on, this whole series, is we keep on targeting that. And without God, it could be, seem like we're, we're getting beat down in class, you know. But mm -hmm. if, when, in, at the end of the Gospel of John, when Jesus is talking to Peter, he says, do you love me? And how many times did he say that? Right. Yeah. Three times, yeah. Right. So, and absolutely, it's the loving hand of the Lord that will allow these things into our life to get rid of the stuff that isn't who we are. And it's all for this relationship. And then from it will burst forth the fruits of God and His power for His glory. Um, so... Um, all right, we we went we got we we didn't quite get to Psalm one thirty nine twenty three through twenty four, but it's you know search me, know me, try me. But I will caution you: if you're not willing to deal with them, if the Lord surfaces it, these roots of bitterness and anger they grow deeper and deeper, whatever it may be, and then they become even harder to deal with. And then we start rationalizing and defending, and we seek out people who align with what we're rationalizing. They become more and more painful to get rid of. So if the Lord surfaces it, he's not doing it for your consideration. He's doing it for you to obey. It's very serious. So you saw how he dealt with Deuteronomy 13, 1 through 5. Purge the evil. This is very serious. He's after our hearts. We must give him our hearts. So let's not resist that. Okay, now we're on to some new stuff. We can go back, back to Abraham. Back to Abraham. Before we do that, I'm just going to open us in prayer here before we get into the Word. Heavenly Father, we're so grateful for your truth. We're so grateful for your love for us, your persistence in seeking out our hearts, every detail of our life. Let us not resist it. Let us not resist your spirit. Let us submit and surrender our will to yours that we might have you have the goal of our life and be changed by you that you would receive all glory all honor all praise that we would have the abundant life in you in your name we pray amen okay so back to abraham because we're going to look into abraham but my first question to you is what keeps us from trusting god what keeps us i want you to get a list i this is your list generated what keeps us from trusting god What's that? Worldly thinking. World, love of the world. Okay, world. Love of the world. Worldly thinking. Okay. Worldly thinking. Okay, good. Yeah, Rick. Um, mis 
understanding of what the abundant life is that you're talking about? Misunderstanding. Like, uh, eternal not thinking. Like. Yeah, worldly, fleshly thinking. We're after the things of this world. I need more, more prominence, more prestige, more power, more money. <laughs> That's what, is that what God's after? Is that what he's going to say? You're a success because you have more money. Shiny. Shining? Shiny things. Shiny things. Oh, yeah, the more shiny things we have, exactly, then we're successful. Yeah, well, I was thinking, like, a squirrel, you know, distracted by shiny things. Um, reasons we don't trust, just distractions in general. Right, distraction. We're yeah. distracted, okay. The D's, basically, just can slide right under all this. Right. We don't know him. We don't, right. we don't trust him because we don't really believe that he is who the Bible says he is. We don't know him, absolutely. How, what, we'll, you know, we'll see from Proverbs, you know, Psalms nine ten. Those who know him will trust him. Our own weakness or inadequacy. Inadequacy. Okay. Pride and um, pride and doubt of God's goodness. Pride, not knowing God, that he's good. Exactly. And everything he does is good. He never makes a mistake. It's unbelievable. He's perfect him. every time. Don't I need don't need him. I don't can do need it on him. My own. Pride. Right. No need. I can do this myself. Who needs God? I don't need to trust him. We want to control our own life. Control. Maybe we fear giving up control. What if I trust the Lord? What's going to Questioning his motives. Not knowing him. That he is good, loving, and kind. He's going to do the best for us all the no time. No relationship with him. No relationship. We don't know him. Again, going back to knowing him. Excellent. It's a good list, and it can go on. Let's look into Abraham. What do you think? Abraham's issues were. He did. He did. I think so, it's just Abraham's were selfishness. Selfishness, huh? The yeah. self life. That's right. I want it my way. Fear. Fear. So I want you to look into your own life. Can you guys think of any time in your life when you had difficulty trusting the Lord? Or maybe you <coughs> failed to trust the Lord. What was the problem? You guys probably know. We all go through it. And we see Abraham, Abraham faced with it over and over again. Um, so think of that. Go back to your own life. Why did I fail here? Why couldn't I trust him? Because we didn't, cause Brian knew what the answer would be. And we didn't like it, just like Abraham. Right. I mean, he knew like, what the answer was. And he just didn't listen. Didn't listen. Yeah, I don't want that. That's not what I want. It doesn't fit into my plan, my schedule. Come on, God. It's about me, right? Um, Looking through our lenses instead of his. Yes. The issue is too large for myself to handle, so if I can't handle it, then it's not going to happen. Or trying, looking at the end goal and not thinking of the, you know, how is God going to do it? Instead, okay, fine, um, this is how I'm going to make this thing happen for God. Right. Instead of really trusting in him to make it happen, because like he decided he was like, ah, I'm waiting too long for my son, 
He was waiting for the right end goal. I mean, what God promised him, but he just decided he was going to kind of help God along. Right. I did that once when I was a little kid. I came across a cat playing with the mouse, and I thought the cat needed help, so I caught the mouse <laughs> for, for the cat, and then I got bit. And so I had to get, you know, shots and stuff for it, but I thought the cat needed help, so I was going to, you know, do the right thing and help it out. Boy, was I wrong. You should have helped the mouse. <laughs> um, I'm a mean creature. What bit you? The mouse or the cat? What's that? What bit you? The mouse or the cat? The, no, the mouse bit oh. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so I figured, well, so I was trying to, you know, I thought I was doing the right thing by helping the cat out because I figured the cat couldn't corner the mouse properly. I didn't know that the cat had That's right. control of We think God needs a little help to accomplish his plan and purpose in our life. We trust him, but not all the way. I trust you, God, but I still need to do this. That's right. I was like three or four so right. isn't that why we jump the gun a lot that's why we jump the gun a lot and we talked about the divine delays how we need to wait waiting on the lord is not passive we talked about that it takes a lot of courage and a lot of strength to mm -hmm. wait like god wants us to wait because we want to jump in there and get going we want to do it our way instead of waiting and saying god what is your purpose what is your plan what is your timing this so, little quote keeps getting in my way and that is God helps those who help themselves. Mm -hmm. But is it true or is it not true or is it kind of somewhere in between? Right. So you jump the gun a little bit thinking, well, the Lord wants me to do it this way. And it doesn't turn out so great. So I think that's where the relationship with him comes in. The big thing because, mm -hmm. I mean, Abraham, he even, the things that he did were in, in that they culturally accepted. Mm-hmm. And so he, what the but, world would say is fine, do this. Right, right. but he, because he didn't really go to God, I think, when, because if, if he had gone to God, God would have straight up told him differently. We see other times he goes to God and he makes a sacrifice. You know, God comes down and tells him, this is what you need to do. Mm -hmm. um, he makes covenants with him and stuff. But then you, when you see him kind of take it upon himself, Oh my goodness, he's like that little toddler again, you know, going and catching the rat for the cat. And right. He gets bit. Getting bit. Maybe and Abraham thought this time was running out. I'm, I'm, I'm right. sure he did because That's right. it took a lot of time for it to come to pass. Right. So Abraham, we saw when Abraham went into Egypt, right? So listen, what, what is the problem here? Now this is Genesis 12, 10 on through what i say 13 i believe yeah what's abraham's problem so remember there's a famine now there was a famine in the land and abraham went down to egypt to live there for a while because the famine was severe and he was about to enter egypt he said to his wife sarai i know what a beautiful woman you are when the egyptians see you they will say this is his wife then they will kill me but will let you live so you so say you are my sister so that I will be treated well for your sake, and my life will be spared because of you. What's his problem? Fear. Fear. He doesn't trust the Lord there in that situation, right? Right, he's yeah. afraid, right? He's afraid of his own life. Right. Well, so fear. From the famine, we don't see, I mean, I, there's plenty that isn't written, but it doesn't specify saying that. First, he went to the Lord, 
and ask for guidance because I mean he jumped you know from one problem directly into another without at least what we see without him going to the Lord first to say what should I do right he's promised him this land now he's leaving this land interestingly he would not let his son leave the land would he you yeah, go, you go find somebody go find for him. my son. I'm not. I don't want him to leave, but he left the land, right? Because he was afraid, and he lied about his wife. Not a whole truth, because he was afraid. How many times do we fail to trust God? Because we're afraid. We're fearing. We're fearing man. Fear of man proves to be a what? Snare. Snare right. Exactly. That's from Proverbs twenty nine twenty five. Well, who does Jesus say to fear? Matthew ten twenty eight. Also, I just want to mention that because we're studying this also on Tuesday mornings and how he left, or the Chaldeans, however mm -hmm. you say that, which was a, a metropolis for that time, right? It, mm -hmm. it had all the modern conveniences to this land where he's living in tents. And as soon as things got hard, mm -hmm. he went to Egypt, which was very similar to mm -hmm. Earth. So he left. You know, when things got hard, instead of turning to God, he went to the comfortable, the right. familiar. So be very careful. Fear can keep you from trusting God. All right? So I said one of the things is fear. Fear of what? Sometimes I tell you what's happened to me is fear of failure. I won't trust God because I'm afraid I'm going to fail, not recognizing if God's told me to do it, it's going to work out just like he told me to do it for his glory. So fear of failure. Some men won't get up here and teach. They've been given the gift. They're afraid, oh, I don't know as much, or what are they going to say about me? What if I fail? So you're, that fear is keeping you from obeying God. So fear can keep us from trusting and obeying the Lord. There's an interesting perspective in uh, Daniel from Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. They're standing in front of the fiery furnace, mm -hmm. and they're like, well, God's gonna, God can rescue us. Right. But he says, but if he doesn't, I want you to know I'm not going to bow down and worship that idol. So it's like, so in the in the in the pyramid of of kind of spiritual priorities, it's like to glorify God comes first, mm -hmm. you know, and then my trust comes second because I may not, you know, I may not right. get what I want. Right. You know what I mean? If mm -hmm. if my goal is to get what I want, well, that's that's just putting God to the test, you know. Mm -hmm. But it's you know the right. first priority of my heart, hopefully, is glorify right. God. Well, exactly. We learned that from Abraham, too, remember? Going back to Deuteronomy earlier, mm -hmm. we had said, you know, the big thing was the loving God in verse 3 uh, with all your heart. And soul. Right. Verse 4 continues on talking about uh, walk with him, walk after the Lord your God, keep his commandments, um, and, oh, and fear him, it says. So if we're fearing God mm -hmm. right. more than other things, the fear of God, if we truly fear God and love Him and all that works together in our relationship with Him, the fear of other things is going to pale in comparison. I remember there were times that I just didn't do bad things when I was a younger kid because I feared my dad. Right. What right. was going to happen if That's he right. found out? That's exactly. Because of my relationship with my dad. Right. I loved him, but I also... Feared the snot out of Right. He feared the consequences. I'm sorry, just, just one more yeah. thing. I didn't want to confuse the class, but sometimes we do, we look at things in that technicality. Mm -hmm. So was Abraham really lying about him, Sarah being his sister? Well, it's yes. only half lying. I know, but you know, so see, right. people can do that right. in, in, our, in our lives. We can say, well, 
it's half truth. Right. So it's got to be okay. Right. Manipulating. There you go. They're manipulating. So we're looking at Abraham's life, why, and into our life, why we don't trust. Fear is a big one, right? And another one is I mean, fear of what God will require of us. We're not going to trust him because we think, oh, he's going to make me go to Zimbabwe and I'm going to have to give up everything. And we fear, and that's not knowing God, right? Knowing that he's good and he has the best in mind. So fear is one. Um, Self-doubt. question, like, if we were called to something, and then halfway through when it starts getting hard, were we actually called to it? And we start challenging and questioning what we know to be true. That's why it's so important to wait on God and know for certain He's directing you. Because when you know God has directed you down this path, the storms will blow, like He says. But you're riveted to God. This is the direction He wants me to go. I'm not changing until He tells me to change. And we have that peace that passes all understanding because we've got the marching orders from the Lord, not ourselves. Well, I'm going to try to do the Lord's will my way. Yeah, when the heat comes, you're running. When you know you're in the Lord's will, the heat can come. You're you're firm. You're 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 connected, anchored to the rock. Okay, we're not going to get all these that Abraham had. So let's go on to the next one. Fifteen. We, here it is. After fifteen one through three. After this, the word of the Lord came to Abraham in a vision. Do not be afraid. So Abraham is getting addressed by God. Right? No fear. Don't fear. Trust me. Don't be afraid, Abraham. I am your shield, your very great reward. We talked about that, how Abraham was after the promise of God and not God himself. But as Abraham came to the end, when he had to sacrifice, I, he wanted God more than the promise. But he's giving them. But then Abraham was saying, Oh, sovereign Lord, he's recognizing you're sovereign, but hey, what can you give me since I remain childless? And the one who will inherit my estate is Eleazar of Damascus. And Abraham said, You have given me no children. So a servant in my household will be my heir. Okay? Then verses 7 and 8, God, said, God takes him out and says, Hey, look up to the stars. Count them. If indeed you can count them. Then he said to him, So shall your offspring be. Abraham believed the Lord. Okay? He believes the Lord. This is My offspring will be like that. He also said to him, I am the Lord who brought you out of Ur of the Chaldeans to give you this land and take possession of it. So he's got the promise of, of the children, of the offspring, and then he says, you got this land, and then Abraham says, but Abraham, well, sovereign Lord, how can I know that you will gain, you'll give me possession? All right, so what's Abraham's problem here in these two instances? This is one of the things that keeps us from trusting the Lord. He wants a guarantee. He wants a guarantee. God only typically will show us the next step. He's given Abraham the whole vision, not how to get there. What do you think? Doubt because he's focusing on the problem and not God. I'm telling you, if we, it's like Peter getting out of the boat, you know, he looks at the winds and waves, he sinks. So our focus, if we're going to trust the Lord, our focus has to be on God, not the problem or the situation. The situation will become too big when we won't trust God. If our focus is on the problem, I don't have a child, who's going to be my heir? Well, how am I going to get possession of this land instead of focusing on God? And he addresses him as sovereign. You're sovereign. He should understand that God can do it if we're focused on God and not the problem or the promise or the task. We'll have the trust because we know God's going to accomplish it. If our focus shifts to the problem or the task, that starts growing and becomes insurmountable. How am I going to get this done? There's no way. 
So where is the focus? We have to learn from Abraham. Our focus must be on God. So we're not going to be able to get through the rest of these, but we know that Abraham listened to a voice other than God. Listen to the world. If we start listening to the world and we're, we're not in the word of God, it's going to be hard to trust him. He listened to human reason, human understanding. You guys brought these up, right? Well, this makes sense. This is the culture. I'm just going to sleep with Hagar and have a son, right? Who was he listening to? Proverbs 3, 5 and 6, some of my favorite verses. Trust in the Lord and lean not on your... Exactly. So we'll finish this up with Abraham. And then a message that is not popular, that people don't want to hear, is how the Lord will remove this. He uses the D's, but what he's doing, brokenness. He's after our self-will, our independent life. Anything in us that wants to act independently of the Lord, he's going to target it break us of our will then we know once that happens we see it happening to Abraham to Moses to his his servants then he can use us all right I'll close us in prayer Heavenly Father how grateful we are for your love your mercy your grace your word your truth I pray that we would receive it willingly that we would humble ourselves before you allow you to prune us, to purify us, to conform us to your image, that you, Lord, would have all of us, that our will would be in total submission to you, all for your glory. In your name we pray, amen. Amen.